Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. Looking at Jonah chapter 3 today, we've already, uh, in our study up to this point, uh, looked at Jonah's flight from the Lord at the command to go to Nineveh. God's pursuit of Jonah is uh, sending a fish to uh, swallow him up after he's thrown into the ocean. Uh, Jonah's prayer uh, in the middle of the fish, the belly of the fish, God's hearing of the prayer, the command of the Lord to spit Jonah up, and then the subsequent command of the Lord a second time to go to Nineveh And Jonah, this time, obeys the word of the Lord. So we're looking today at Jonah chapter 3, verses 5 through 9, and the response of the city of Nineveh uh, to the message of the prophet. And picking it up in verse 5, we read, Then the people of Nineveh believed in God, and they called a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. When the word reached the king of Nineveh, he arose from his throne, laid aside his robe from him, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat on the ashes. And he issued a proclamation, and it said, In Nineveh, by the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let man, beast, herd, or flock taste a thing. Do not let them eat or drink water, but both man and beast must be covered with sackcloth. And let men call on God earnestly, that each may turn from his wicked way and from the violence which is in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and withdraw his burning anger, so that we shall not perish. The repentance of the people of Nineveh is shown in verse 5. And we could really kind of separate this short section into two different parts. We have the repentance of the people spoken of in verse 5, and then the repentance of the king in verses 6 through 9, and what uh, command he issues as a result of this. So in verse 5, we read of the people of Nineveh several interesting things. Upon hearing the message of Jonah, the people of Nineveh, first of all, believed in God. They trusted in the message that was being given to them through the prophet. Secondly, they called a fast. This would have been refraining from, restraining from eating, and in this case, as the king will later say, from from drinking uh, anything. And they put on sackcloth, thirdly, from the greatest to the least of them. What is presented here in the book of Jonah is sort of a total repentance by all of the people throughout the city. It's sort of like the entire city hearing the message of the prophet, yet 40 days and Nineveh will be overthrown, takes this seriously, believes that what Jonah says is actually going to come about, and as a result, they take action to do some very important things to take steps to toward repentance. So they are believing, they are fasting, they are putting on sackcloth. Sackcloth was a sign of mourning, a sign of seriousness, uh, that they believed this judgment was really going to be enacted. Now, when word in verse 6 reaches the king of Nineveh, 
He rises up from his throne, lays aside his robe, and he uh, covers himself with sackcloth and sits down on the ashes. Notice here that this individual is referred to as the king of Nineveh, not the king of Assyria, which would not be uh, appropriate for this time. It's much more appropriate for uh, the prophet to refer to him as the king of Nineveh. As we've already seen in our study, uh, the book of Jonah takes place within about a 50 to 70 year period where the kingdom, the empire of Assyria, is somewhat weakened and we have sort of more regional control of these bigger cities. And so the king of Nineveh, the official or governor of perhaps the province of Nineveh, is the individual being referred to here uh, most likely at this point. Notice his action that symbolize the repentance of this individual. He rises up from his throne and lays aside his, his robes. These are highly symbolic and significant actions. First of all, the, the rising from the throne uh, was something that was done in the ancient world uh, as a sign of reverence for being in the presence of an important individual. So one place to look that corresponds to this is Judges chapter 3 and verse 20, where Ehud, the, the judge, approaches King Eglon of Moab, and he tells him, speaks to him, a message from the Lord, a word from God. And Eglon, uh, king of Moab, actually rises up from his seat to hear this word of the Lord. Uh, so kings would uh, stand up when they heard something or, or when they were in the presence of someone of importance, of significance or seriousness. So the fact that the king of Nineveh is standing when he hears this message, this pronouncement of judgment, is very important. He lays aside his robe. Now the robe here is symbolic of the position, the rank, uh, even the glory of the person of the king. Uh, the word in Hebrew, aderet, uh, can not only mean cloak, but also glory or magnificence. This is a very uh, symbolic act of humility on the part of the king. It is as if he is taking off his robe, setting aside his position, his magnificence, his glory at the hearing of the pronouncement of this judgment. He covers himself with sackcloth. We already have seen in, in verse 5, the people covering themselves with sackcloth as a sign of mourning. And this is throughout the Old Testament. We see this occurring. And then he sits down in the ashes, also reveals to us how seriously he took this threat of judgment. You can look at Job chapter 2 and verse 8, where Job uh, cuts himself with shards of pottery and sits down in the ashes upon hearing of uh, the death of his loved ones and the destruction of his household and, and all of these things that are occurring uh, that cause him great pain and great sorrow. He's mourning, sitting down in the ashes. Second Samuel 13, uh, we see Tamar uh, covering herself with ashes to show her sorrow 
sorrow, her mourning, and at what's been done to her in that circumstance. So the fact that the king of Nineveh is sitting down in ashes, covering himself with sackcloth, reveals to us that he believed this message of judgment was about to occur and uh, took this very, very seriously. So seriously that in verse 7, he issues a proclamation. And in his proclamation, he uh, says here, by the decree of the king and his nobles, which interestingly, again, gives us a little window into the world of Nineveh and Assyria at this time. Uh, this is another little clue that this would not, been, uh, not have been a strong time for the Assyrian Empire, for in a strong period, the king was supreme and absolute. He didn't need to make any declaration by authority of any nobles. But the fact that this is the king of Nineveh, and his nobles along with him making this declaration uh, does not mean, first of all, that this was empire-wide. This would have been a localized event, uh, but also that the king did not have this sort of absolute power that was had at other times. Uh, during this period, this 50 to 75 year window, uh, we have records of nobles in the Assyrian Empire uh, going to war, uh, issuing decrees and things like that. So the things that the king says here in verse 7 in his proclamation in Nineveh by decree of the king and his nobles, do not let man, beast, herd, or flock taste a thing. So there's a sort of absolute fast. Okay, do not let them eat or drink water. This is not just people. This is their animals too. This is how seriously they are taking the pronouncement of judgment. Not only are the people called to fast, but the animals are called to fast as well. It's as if uh, all of creation around the city of Nineveh is being called into account by the message of the prophet Jonah, and all of, all of the created world responds uh, to that pronouncement of judgment. Secondly, the pronouncement says in verse 8, both man and beast must be covered with sackcloth. Again, we have seen already the seriousness, the, the way that sackcloth represents mourning for the people. Uh, and let men call on God earnestly that each may turn from his wicked way and from the violence which is in his hands. Now, the term to cry out is the same one that had been used when the Lord commanded Jonah, go to Nineveh and cry out against them. Cry out against them in chapter 1. Cry out against them at the beginning of chapter 3. And that's exactly what Jonah has done. And now the people of Nineveh are commanded to cry out to God in response. They are to cry out to God earnestly. This is the New American Standard. This word can mean uh, strongly, mightily. It can even mean violently. Uh, a modern gloss might be to say, cry out to God with every fiber of your being. And maybe, just maybe, he will be willing to 
spare us. So cry out to God intensely, passionately. And the, the final thing they are to do is to turn and repent uh, or relent from their wicked ways and from the violence which is in their hands. Back at the beginning of chapter 1, we talked about some modern views of the book of Jonah, that, and one of them advocates that the people of Nineveh were in a bad spot and had a lot of trouble going on, earthquakes, famines. And so Jonah's message toward them was a message of help more than a message of repentance. I think this particular verse uh, demonstrates that that is not an, an accurate view. God is telling them, and the king would have understood this to mean they needed to turn from their evil, from their wicked ways, and repent uh, of the violence which was in their hands. And so finally, in verse 9, we see uh, the king says, Who knows? God may turn and relent and withdraw his burning anger so that we shall not perish. This short little phrase, who knows, is also used by King David in 2 Samuel 12, where his uh, child with Bathsheba, out of that sinful relationship where David uh, saw Bathsheba, uh, took her, and ended up having her husband killed in the process uh, of all of that, this child, uh, David had said while he was still alive, who knows whether the Lord will be gracious to me. It's sort of a, a, a reminder, even in that context, that David knew of the gracious character of God. But what he didn't know was whether that would be extended toward him in that circumstance because of his sin. The people of Nineveh are essentially saying the same thing here, and the king of Nineveh proclaims this. Who knows whether God will demonstrate mercy toward us, show his grace toward us, uh, even in spite of our sin. I think the author of the book of Jonah is hinting here toward God's graciousness in wanting to extend mercy, and we will see that uh, in verse 10 and then further on in chapter 4. There's quite a bit of application here. Repentance from sin is more than just saying sorry or asking for forgiveness. It really has to do with a, a changing of the state of the heart. The people of Nineveh and the king of the Nineveh evidence their repentance uh, here by their actions, fasting, changing their cloth to sackcloth, uh, ashes, mourning, and turning away from all evil. And repentance is something that takes place deep within uh, and evidences itself on the exterior. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu partner.